Hello and welcome to another Fine Mez. I'm Tom Lemon, your host. And once again, we have a full house for you today with George Smith and Victoria Teela here. Hello. Hello. Hello, Tom. Well, I don't know how your weeks were. We, we had the we had the big boss in the New York office this week. Um, which is, we had um, a lovely week. The big boss wasn't <laughs> in New York. <laughs> which is uh, naturally somewhat stressful. Um, but we did go to what is apparently one of the best burger joints in America. Um, and it's 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 bizarre. Um, it's it's sort of creatively named burger joint. Um but it's it's in the Probably Thompson great for Hotel. SEO. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the I Thompson went to the Hotel. Coffee joint when I was in Greece. Coffee joint. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> they're, they're expanding into the Greek market. Um, but but it's right by Central Park. But it's in a hotel, and the hotel is like really swanky. And then you go behind like this velvet red curtain, and you're into like a. 1970s dive bar was just bizarre but the burger was excellent i should say oh, um, he never takes us to the best burger parts of the of the uk yeah but when he travels he gets he gets very excited yeah. <laughs> swept up in the bright lights of manhattan um, <laughs> yeah good old, good old uh, what about you guys Tantum. what were you up to um nothing quite that exciting but i had a i had a little moment of podcast fame um which never fails to excite me. I, I had a call with an investor this week who I'd never spoken to before. And we had a bit of a tech problem at the start. So we went through like several rounds of, hello, can you hear me? Sorry, I can't hear you. In case you can hear me, shall I hang up? Um, before we got to the part where I'm like, oh yeah, and by the way, this is Victoria from Global Capital. And um, the investor was like, yeah, of course, of course I know who you are. I recognize your voice from the podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> I know, like, I mean, we're journalists. So like everything we do is meant to be public and read by people, but I... I can't get over people listening to a podcast. Next, you'll be signing autographs <laughs> while you're sat down at lunch. I know, <laughs> I know. Maybe I'll just like, make a stack this weekend and take them with me to Go to Canary Wharf and just try and get spotted. Exactly. Just like stand on a street corner. <laughs> um, George, what about yourself? Up to anything? Or should we just get straight into your story? I'm just going to yeah, yeah, Setting the world to rights. <laughs> Uh, no, I've, I've been in Edinburgh this week. I'm in London next week, so uh, I'll have more to report probably on the work is, meetings. Life yeah. was a bit more baby focused. Um, it has been. Yeah. Um, but you did write about the uh, criticism of Volkswagen this week, um, which so it started with a blog post from t the investor 24 Asset Management. Um, yeah, what happened there? Yeah, that's right. Um, so 24 uh, said basically Volkswagen had promised to disclose low-level carbon emissions data on its VCL shelf, which is its like flagship German auto shelf, um, and they'd missed their own deadlines to do that, uh, particularly on the latest deal in, in earlier in January this year. Um, so I just went to Volkswagen and I said, look, can you explain what's happening here? Um, why, why are you missing these deadlines? And they pretty much wouldn't take the questions on they just gave this kind of statement which you could read in the story but and that sort of annoyed you yeah well i thought it was a shame because i think the way to do esg and securitization even if you're not an esg issuer as such is still to just disclose it and yeah. just to give all the information you can and if you can't give the information just say why you can't give the information uh yeah 
like it's not probably not going to be the deal breaker between people investing in your deals and not as a banker did say to me actually but i just i just think it's bigger than that isn't it it's bigger than whether someone buys vcl it's you know this whole market has really struggled with the esg regulations to get anything off the ground um in part because they feel like the EU, the EU regulators don't like them very much, but but also because it's complicated and and how do you how do you measure it for for securitizations? Yeah, yeah. And so if if a company, like you say, isn't fully transparent, isn't saying yeah we had a problem and we you know whatever, it's it's more about well will this market ever exist, which is obviously much more important than whether. You get five bips off <laughs> off your triple A's on on a single deal or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's also it's not it's not even just about the kind of ESG securitization market as such. It's about ESG as a whole being incorporated into every securitization deal. Like a lot of right. UK buy to let issues, for example, will include the EPC yeah. data of all the properties they have, um, just in their in their deal disclosure. Um, yeah, even if they're not doing anything, they're not even saying. This isn't remotely green. This is like the EPCs range from E to B or something. They still will will include it, and it's just it's a very simple thing to do if you have the data. And if you don't have the data, why not just say this is why we can't do it? And if you think back actually to last year, I think it was probably about this time last year, um, Toyota did their their Mm. European ABS debut, Coromo Italy, Um, and in that deal they had 100% alternative fuel vehicles. So it was hybrids mostly, and there was a couple of EVs in there as well, I think. Um, and they didn't seek green certification for that or anything like that. They just said, look, here's what we have. And I mean, definitely at the time I heard, and I think you heard as well, Tom, they were like, that was very well received with investors. Um, they were really like... Yeah, even though it didn't have the label, they, they were just very upfront with this is, if it fits your things, well, fine. But we're not going for any labels, or we're not calling it X Y Z green or whatever. So, so how big of a problem is this? Is um, VW the more typical example for how this is handled, or Toyota? I think what Twenty Four was saying is their particular frustration with Volkswagen was they missed deadlines for their own. They missed um, their own internal deadlines. But there are, and there's lots of issues who do disclose loan level. ESG type data, and there are some issues who don't. Like I think the twenty four block mentioned, Mercedes also don't. You know, I said UK buy to let issues. Some of them do, some of them also don't. Like it, it just or they don't disclose much. It depends on kind of. I think data access is one big problem, and then also, you know, we'd like to know. I guess in this case, like what exactly is the reason why they haven't disclosed this. That's interesting. I did really, I did really like that story um, because I feel like in our little branch of journalism, you don't quite get to hold the powerful to account often to the same extent <laughs> as, um, let's say, a slightly more um, public-facing <laughs> publication <laughs> would. Um, so I, I really love this one. Um, Should we tag them in our LinkedIn posts? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, I wanted to. I, I did share George's story because I thought it was so cool, um, and I thought about tagging them, but then I thought that should be up to George um, to clarify, <laughs> <laughs> not just me. 
sniffing you out. Uh, so yeah, that was a really cool story. But um, did anything else go on in your market, George? <laughs> did you have any deals? Yeah, we did have two deals as well. Um, uh, one was from Enra or West One. Um, that's a UK mixed charge. So some second lead mortgages and some right to that first lead mortgages. Um, RMBS and there was also Tommy Five, which is one of the Tommy two. Five of it. <laughs> I love one it. of the two Finnish. Well, you're a Formula One fan, aren't you, Tommy? Big I news, do. Uh... Yes, I watch a bit. Um, <laughs> I, well, typically I've only watched if Hamilton's got a good car. <laughs> well, but, it could um, be about to change. Yes, yeah. Um, but I I do love those those deals. The creativeness of the the shelf name, like. What was the other one? Is there, is Kimmy. There Kimmy. Kimmy. Kimmy out is the preceding shelf, and then Tommy is the more recent of the two <laughs> Finnish uh, yeah. auto ABS shelves. That and it's lovely. Up. And I can remember my first, you know, like my first couple of months in the job, and seeing that come through, and it was like, oh, my life is interesting. You know? <laughs> exactly, as opposed to what all your friends and family think. Yeah, it's yeah, quite a like, thrilling job. What do you do? <laughs> like, um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how did they go? Uh, well, although, or particularly in the mez of Enra's deal, we did see a bit of sensitivity from investors. So there's an open question there about whether this is kind of the limit on the run of tightening that we've started the year with. Um, something that I will be writing more about in the coming weeks. So you can keep an eye on Global Capital to find out. I think what was particularly impressive for Tommy was just how tight the Class Bs. So that was a two-tranche deal, Class A and Class B. The Class Bs tight were priced inside VCL. That oh, no, wow. Volkswagen yeah. that we've previously discussed in January. Um, and a good way inside on a much longer weighted average life as well. So, you know, so just some, all those some... green, green bits, you know. There's <laughs> 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 their green bits in Tommy. I don't know. I don't know about. I haven't actually checked what the disclosure for the yeah. was. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know conditions are still very favourable for issuers. Um, it would be a great time to come to market. Although, as we record on Friday morning, I haven't completely checked the pipeline, but I don't think there is anything in the visible pipeline. Uh, well, thank you, George. Um, that sort of your your sort of big story for the week was a bit of a, a deal wrap and that was called uh european abs primary to get broader not busier in constructive conditions um but let's move on to clo world so victoria you've you've had some like you've you've had a great week you've got a cartoon you've had deals to write about benchmark deals important benchmark deals, deals. clo's exactly. like I was luxuriating. Um, in... We didn't actually have many deals pricing, but um, I really jo enjoyed writing about them. So it was quality over quantity from, from my perspective. And yeah, one of them did get a cartoon soundpoint, did get a dedicated cartoon drawn. So you should definitely scroll back to Monday. On, uh, we'll put it in the, uh, in the Friday Capital. news. Yeah. Um. yeah, I think we should do that. Um, yeah, we'll just like plaster that, you know, every day of next week we'll get the cartoon. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we had um, yeah we had Soundpoint price there CLO um, at one hundred fifty base points, and that was called the new benchmark for the European market. So it's quite exciting. It's the tightest since um, summer twenty twenty two. It's by now almost twenty five base points tighter than the last 
deal of 2023. So quite significant. Um, and there were just a number of other little special elements about it. They did manage to get six or seven um, third party equity investors onto the deal, which is obviously also been very, very rare because the arbitrage was pretty bad. Um, oh, yeah. it's no... oh, it's not working. <laughs> I know it's wild. Um, no, it is uh, it really was, hard it's sort to of... keep up. It's, I know, I know. Um, well, it's a kind, it apparently kind of worked. I did talk to, um, I had a really great conversation with um, Poeng Tan. He's the founder of CLO Research, sort of yeah. former investor turned independent research provider. And um, he he wrote, he put something out about arbitrage um, and put some some sort of very precise numbers to it, which I, which I liked. Um, so he said that the Fidelity deal they all priced on the same day as Soundpoint also at 150 and um, the arbitrage was at 233.9 base points off the top of my head I think that was the number which um, is way higher than the median for last year which was sort of 219 Um, and both of those numbers sound quite good given that sort of the rule of thumb is that it needs to be 200 to make sense but um, that doesn't include uh, manager fees and other upfront costs, which can sort of easily amount to like 60 or 70 base points. So uh. <laughs> um, have to deduct those. But uh, it's also still away from what historically used to be considered good would be like 250, 260. But, you know, we're we're getting there. We're getting um, there. That I mean, that's good. We're getting there. Exactly. And, and apparently it was good enough for a few people. Um, I also heard that Fidelity also had a little bit of um, third-party equity on board. So it's definitely... It's coming back. Um, and I just this morning, I had a conversation with a loan banker who um, said that he thinks that the tightening on the loan side has basically stopped. Um, so the the problem of the increase, in, at least in the primary market, um, that it won't get lower than sort of the 375 where a few deals have priced um, in the loan market recently so there might be some hope that asset prices won't go up much further on the other hand there seems to be a little bit of um potential for CLO spreads to tighten further i i realize um, how much my job ruined me when i like wake up in the morning i'm really excited to check my laptop and see if kkr has priced and if they've gone below 150 um which they haven't yet as of the time of this recording um but they're they're one of the candidates maybe they could push it a little tighter um we will see maybe i'll be proven wrong and they priced at 180 uh when this gets released yeah. on monday who knows but yeah um it wasn't I, I found it was an exciting week um i mean it's a bit of a it's a bit of a seesaw this this market so that in on the one hand sounds very exciting for equity investors who've had nothing to do for best part of a year um but there's also people who are less happy. They are. They are. I mean, that's that's what you get when you insist on issuing vehicles where you have several groups of investors with diametrically opposed interests um, <laughs> in it. Um, yeah. So, of course, it's great for equity investors. I mean, a lot of people who can buy equity just spent the last year buying junior mess. Um, yeah. So I'm sure like that they didn't have many tears to they're try. Fine. Uh, yeah. They're fine. They're fine. <laughs> they're okay. Yeah. The, the poor equities investors are okay. Um but yeah, of course, now spreads tightening that's caused by a lot of demand for triple A's. Um, and of course, equities investors are coming back, which means that triple A investors are on the way to losing some of that intense negotiating power they've had for the past one and a half years, where they essentially got whatever they wanted in deal language negotiations. 
So um, I, I heard some AAA investors expressing their concern about um, that they're now losing all those nice things that they got. Uh, I also sort of, I feel like on the rating agency side, people didn't say that they saw like a intense increase in equity-friendly language. But um, yeah, investors said it's, it's coming and lawyers uh, were like, yeah, probably going to happen. So what would that actually look like, this equity-friendly language? There's there's a couple of points in CLO documentation that would be affected. I mean, generally, equity-friendly language just means everything that's good in the sense of for for equity of the CLO manager in the sense of allowing them more flexibility to uh, more more opportunities to improve the returns for the equity investors and um, the points that AAA investors don't like all that much would then, for example, be anything that allows managers to extend the weighted average life of their deals. Um, so to get get longer maturities, average to be permitted to have longer average maturities on the loan portfolio. There is language about post reinvestment flexibility, um, which to me sounds a lot like this news track. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. that, we, that has yeah. featured so frequently we've, we've on this podcast. Hit the bingo card again I know, this week. I know, it's um, arbitrage, it's news track. It's, yeah, that's, um, we, we, shouldn't yeah. Be, we shouldn't be talking we about bingo cards. We shouldn't like, we talk about oh, the, the CLO market, it's so week. boring. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, uh, well, but yeah, so so these, and then another one um, could potentially be more favorable conditions for the par flush, which means that CLO managers don't just pay like out the usual waterfall structure, but outside of that can use some of the principle that they gain from trading, buying and selling loans to make extra payments to equity investors. And that's usually capped. So um, where that cap is set and how much flexibility they have could be a point of contention. But yeah, we will see in the coming weeks and months how it all plays out. Well, I think um, when we get into ridiculous phrases like par flush you probably <laughs> know it's time for, time to go home <laughs> like par flush it sounds like it's time to go to vegas uh, <laughs> um but that your 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 main story is euro clo triple a investors fall from power as are improved and then your cartoon story uh is called sound point fidelity lay down new spread ben- benchmark for euro clos and a rather interesting Ollie Copplestone cartoon, all about art, um, which is great. Um, but I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this week. Um, I I have booked my flights to to Vegas and my hotel, um, so I am very excited to see people there. And next week as well, it will be the first episode midweek, which will be um, a sort of special interview, uh, and it will be part of a series. So watch out for that one. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, get in touch at tom.lemon, george.smith and victoria.tila at globalcapital.com. Otherwise, have a lovely week, but it's goodbye from us. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.